Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. Our guest today, as we've said, is Ann Hamilton, and our topic is healing through the arts. Ann Hamilton uses the arts to help herself and her clients move through the grieving process. She tells us that by, co- that by becoming actively engaged and expressing yourself after loss and pulling out what is inside of you, you can again find your place in the world. Anne is an author, teacher, and playwright. Welcome to the show, Anne. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Great to have you, Anne, uh, on the show, Anne. And you're also one of our writers for the Open to Hope Foundation, right? Yes, I really enjoy that. I, I really enjoy writing articles that um, that are very specific and can help other people as they're going through loss. That's great. And uh, talk a little bit about how do you know we're talking about it today because we think that you have had a loss that is pretty much discounted in the world or people really don't get involved with it. And you were, uh, had told us that you had lost your friend Curtis. He was killed in a head-on car crash in 1979. Yes, that's correct. And who was he? Who was Curtis? And how old were you? Where were you then? Well, uh, we were both in central Jersey, and I was 16 and he was 17. And uh, we had just done a school play. We had just done West Side Story, and I had played Maria, and it was a glorious, um, very quite a glorious um, experience. And then he graduated, and um, he was a man who was very full of life. I mean, he had so much spirit that his body could hardly hold it all. And um, he was going to uh, the movies one day after graduation, by the way, with my boyfriend who was driving the car at the time. The three of us were uh, almost inseparable. And um, they had a car crash, and Curtis died. Um, And um, it was heartbreaking, and I became emotionally frozen. Um, I couldn't eat for almost a week. And... um, it really was one of the most significant uh, events of my life, and it still impacts me. I think your your boyfriend was uh, he was was he okay? And yes, he survived. Did, yes. And how did he deal with the whole thing? Did you have to help him through it, or? Well, you know, sometimes things like that bring you together, but in our case, it drove us apart, and uh, we broke up, and he went off to college. Um, he became a an, a doctor, an ER doctor, as a matter of fact. So something, you know, something good maybe came out of it. And then I've made a a career of really helping people express themselves as a dramaturg. um, Well, talk a little bit about, um, well, first of all, tell us that word dramaturg. Uh, A dramaturg is a literary advisor and a historical advisor. And um, I trained at Columbia to learn how to help playwrights develop their work. And I help uh, playwrights. Um, you know, develop their work pre-production and during production. Um, and it's it's a wonderful, wonderful profession because I'm learning about all kinds of topics and really um, helping each author, like sort of providing a safe place for each author to experiment and to develop uh, and also being very enthusiastic in supporting their work. Well, what's talk interesting about yourself to me, being, is yeah. that both you and your boyfriend went into fields as a result of this loss, and you said it was one of the most significant things that ever happened. And I'm wondering 
if you felt supported by the community at large. Because what my mom and I hear is we hear teens often say that people minimize the loss of a friend. Um, no, I did not feel supported in almost any way whatsoever. I mean, it was the 70s. <laughs> there was nothing in place in the 70s, really, to help to help people cope. Um, there was certainly no specialized treatment for teens who, who had lost anyone. My family didn't know how to deal with it. Um, and there was all this love that was expressed or, I don't know, expressed or repressed, I don't even know, towards this person that I loved so much that was just taken all of a sudden. Um, and one of the uh, issues for teens that lose friends is you go home and your family's not grieving because it's not their loss, it's yours. That's correct. They're in a different place oftentimes. Yes, and they feel for you. I know my father felt for me. I know my, my mother did and, and everyone around me. Um, my brother was also friends with Curtis, and it was just not anything that any of us went through together. It was a very uh, lonely time. Yeah. And and talk about being frozen, and, and I know that goes on with your work, how to help other people unfreeze. Well, I think I felt, I felt so much inside. I felt so kind of desperate to understand this thing and that had happened and why and just the, the, the physical and emotional, spiritual absence of that person, of Curtis, was, was very devastating. And at the same time that my body, my body sort of and my mind became frozen, it was a physical reaction, um, yet things were going on. And I had to find a way to, to really loosen up and keep going. And so what I did was I kept singing. You know, I had done a very uh, a whole lot in uh, singing and acting on stage. I kept writing. You know, I had been journaling for years, so that helped me. And um, I, I, I wrote a lot. I wrote a lot in my journal, yeah. But still, when I was with anyone, I was completely shut down. You know, socially, I, I, was, I felt shut down, and I was shut down. And, and so you had to, uh, now you use that experience to help other people. And I want to talk to you uh, when we come back from break about some of the things that you've done. I know now um, the uh, uh, play you've written, the white, another white shirt, is yes. that, does that have something to do with Curtis? It has everything to do with Curtis um, because that moment of losing him um, or the after, uh, actually the moments of the, the, the days and days of aftermath, of the loss um, kind of lodged inside my heart, inside my chest. And um, when a friend of mine uh, lost her husband accidentally, it brought everything back, and I just started writing about my own loss. It's like I couldn't access the deepest parts of my own loss until I saw someone else go through it. It had been 30 years today since Anne's friend Curtis was killed in a head-on crash. Uh, June 11th of 1979, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. I was saying to Anne at break, what a wonderful tribute to Curtis to be on the show today. Absolutely. And also, she uh, had uh, been in showboat with him, right? I mean, not showboat. Story. Oh, do you know why I said showboat? I'll have to tell you why. Because when uh, my son was killed, uh, the people who came up to the car before it blew up and burned were in showboat. Um. And I always wondered if those two guys with their artistic temperament are out there somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, it must have been a horrendous experience for them. 
Wow. Yeah. But you were in West Side Story with Curtis, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and Anne's okay. going to West Side Story tonight. Yes. Yeah. Going to and what a great tribute. What part did he play? Um, he was one of the sharks. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, we'll be thinking of you tonight. Thank uh, you. So talk to us a little bit about Another White Shirt. And then you wrote one called Ghost Angel. And they're both to do with uh, loss, right? Yes, definitely. Um, Another White Shirt is about uh, how grief moves through the body. And um, the the very core, the very, very core of this play is um, a monologue I wrote for a young girl named Mary who has lost it. She's after me. She's modeled after me, who has lost her best friend in a, a car crash. And she goes to the... Uh, the cemetery, and she talks to him. She talks to his grave, him in the grave. And um, it talks a lot about, uh, she expresses a a loss of, um, sort of a a loss of mobility. She feels paralyzed. Um, She can't eat. Um, And, of course, she's very sad, and she also feels like she needs to forgive herself or she needs him to forgive her for some reason. You know, all these when someone dies, all these things. Well, when when Curtis died, I felt guilty. You know, why didn't? Why wasn't it me? Um, there's this need for forgiveness, as if blame is going around, and mm-hmm. nothing is um, logical. It's all emotional, and it's so much of it is ira- irrational. Um, now, you actually dance in this and sing. Well, at the the play has, it's half dancing, and I call it a chamber play with dance because when I was thinking about the theme of, of how grief moves through the body, I realized that you can't really express in words the experience of how you're healing. It's really about healing. Um, you have to deal with grief in order to heal. So however anyone can, can express that grief, it's a good thing. For some people, it's dance. For some people, it's writing. For some people, it's acting or painting or sculpting. You know, sometimes you have to get your fingers into that clay. You know, mm-hmm. uh, what is that? You want to punch the clay and really work through your emotions. It's true, yes. And I found that there, the, my emotions were much more strong in past times, but I still... Uh, the legacy is still with me, you know, sort of a mm-hmm. a little bit of a core of sorrow, a core of what if, you know, what if he had lived. Um, and I think it's very healthy to for anyone who's had a loss to think about, you know, alternatives. W- what would life have been like if that person had had lived? Mm-hmm. And, and you can and you can write about it. Uh, you know, one yeah. of the things that comes up for me is you were. Um, in the theater before Curtis died. But my question is, can I sing if I've never sung? Can I write if I've never written? Can I try to sculpt? I mean, yes. can I take that risk? I think you have to take the risk. Um, not only can you, but you have to for your own sake. Um, you can try anything new. You, you know, you must. we must keep trying new things after someone we love died because what's killed in that moment of the death sometimes is our willingness to to go on, our willingness to try anything new because we think, if I do this now, am I going to lose it? So one thing that, that I would encourage everyone to do is 
exercise your free will, exercise your will to try something new. And people who are dancing and singing and painting, please keep it up. It's so important. And also, if you've never tried it, I mean, everybody is artistic. It's part of our cultural and, you know, anthropological makeup. Uh, we write, we paint, we tell stories. That's what it is. That's, that's what, do you what we do, do humans. What do you do when you are with a, a, a person who's a writer or, for you know, what do you do when they're frozen? How do you move them? Well, I, I can look at someone just through years of experience, and often what they're going through is not really what it's about. Sometimes what's underneath is maybe one or two layers is what it's all about, and you need to break that up and, and get it flowing uh, in order to resolve a problem that's sort of on the surface. So what I do is, I, you know, I, just, I have a lot of trust with my clients, um, I really love them. I, I love what they're doing uh, in telling their stories. So I'll just be honest and I'll say, you know, this is the problem you're having with the play, but what's what I'm thinking about is have you really thought about, you know, you have, have you thought about this? You know, have, I'll bring up a, like maybe a problem. Like, for instance, one time I was working with a man who wrote a musical and it was about, gaining his father's, um, the, the character was trying to gain his father's acceptance. And I looked at the man and I found that he really loved his sons. And I, I said to him, you know, could, I know this is a little unusual, but could we talk a little bit about fathers and sons? Could we talk about how you wanted to please your father growing up? Could we, could we talk about how you feel about your sons? Um, so, so if you're stuck... And if our audience out there is saying, I can't ride or I'm stuck or, you know, I'm stuck in my grief, maybe what you need to do is find somebody like Anne or maybe Anne who can give you a different perspective or ask you a different question. Yes, and it's always about going two or three levels deeper. You know, like the process is always facing what you don't want to face. That That's the key to grief. I think the key to, to dealing with grief through the arts, there are two things. One is you, you must be responsible for your own uh, healing. You know, you must sort of rehabilitate yourself. You can't leave that to anyone else. You have to try everything you can on your own for your own good. Um, you can get, of course, getting help too. And um, the second thing is to, to really go to the deepest reality, the deepest truth within your soul, within yourself, and bring that out because that's where the, that's where the, the foundation is. That's where the bedrock uh, of the issue lies. It's sort of like therapy, you know. Um, but, you know, it's so hard to uh, speak about how you really feel when, when you're going through it. You almost have to trick yourself and say, I know I don't want to talk about this, but it's good for me. So well, that might be you to say, I don't want to write about this, so I'm going to quickly write something about it. Sometimes yeah. it's also hard to describe things in writing, I mean, to describe them verbally, like describing the intensity of the pain mm-hmm. after my brother died was not possible because words would not have done it justice. Yes. But if, if someone like you had told me to show you or kind of move my body in a certain way, et cetera, I think that may have been very healing. Absolutely. Um, 
You know, Bill T. Jones, the choreographer, did a marvelous piece. It's called Still Here. And what he did was he gathered a group of people who had um, life-threatening illnesses, and he asked them to, um, to make a movement based on how they felt. And he worked with these people for several weeks, and then he made a very beautiful dance out of it. It can you can find it on video on a, on DVD. It's called Still Here. But it, but for our audience out there, maybe they will want to just move in how they feel. I love that idea of just turning on some music and moving the way you feel. I think we can all sing and dance. Yes, in our own, in our own way for sure. Well, and thank you so much for being on the show. And how would people get in touch with you? Uh, I have a website. It's HamiltonLit.com. It's H A M. I-L-T-O-N-L-I-T dot com. And she has a wonderful article on the Open Door Foundation site about her friend, uh, Gerald Schoenfield, who yes. recently died. Right, Anne? Yes, he did. I, I, I lost Jerry, yes. And uh, two um, male figures in my life who were, whom I loved very much and who were very important to me. And you've written about it for us, which is one of the things that you've talked about, about writing how writing can be a wonderful thing, and it's indeed a wonderful article. It's on uh, the Open Health Foundation site. Thank you so much for being on the show, Anne. It was my pleasure. Thank you very much. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.